Thank you for joining me. I'm Evan Hochsteller. This is Ramblings of a Young Conservative. I am so incredibly grateful to have you with me. Uh, This is going to be a quick episode. I just want to focus a little bit on the presidential debates. I know I've said in the past that I'm going to make this a more regular occurrence. Again, I'm just trying to find the time to do it. I do so thoroughly enjoy it. But like I said, thank you for being here. And let's dig right into what we saw at this point, what will have been a couple nights ago. Chris Wallace got a lot of shit. Um, And I mean, the debates were just an absolute disaster. They weren't great television. I mean, they were entertaining, but not in a way that would like hold on to viewership that would attract viewership. I'm sure actually the exact opposite happened. Uh, I'm sure many people shut it off in the middle of it because it was, it was disgusting. It really was. Uh, and I think America lost. And nobody won that debate, but America lost. Um, but to the actual substance of the debate, to the outcome of the debate, uh, speaking to that, I would say Biden came off more calm, more collected, despite a few almost senior moments uh, forgetting what he was going to say and uh, nearly walking himself into a volcano several times. But Trump stopped him with his interruptions, which seemed to be the recurring theme of the night. And with those interruptions, Trump seemed abrasive, uh, aggressive, which in a way could be interpreted as a positive thing. Um, But it was just a rambling, incoherent mess. I don't think anybody learned anything uh, new necessarily. There were a few key contradictions on the point of Joe Biden where he stated that he does not support the Green New Deal and other issues where he actually says the opposite on his campaign website. So that's interesting. I won't read too much into it because I don't think he supports the Green New Deal. I think when he said that he has his own climate plan, uh, I believe that simply because of his record for the past 50 years in politics. I don't think he's going to actually swing that far to the left. That's just my opinion. Uh Take what you may out of it, I suppose. But the real interesting things to me came on the subject of the Supreme Court uh, and the filibuster, a specific question Chris Wallace asked Biden. But before I get to that, just to kind of recap my thoughts on Trump's performance, I mean, when he actually buckled down and answered questions and when Biden wasn't interrupting him and when he wasn't interrupting Biden, the substance was actually very good. I think he made points that he needed to make on policy, uh, specifically the economy that separated him from Joe Biden, and even some liberal fact-checkers are admitting that a lot of the points Trump made that Joe Biden denounced as false are actually true. Um, I think he, he nailed the substance when he tried to. And he would have been much better off if he just cooperated a little bit more and was just more calm and collected. Uh, And I think that ultimately gave the edge to Biden, actually, just simply because of demeanor. I think Biden's answers on policy were scrambled and not really comprehensive and not uniform uh, compared to what he said in the past. 
and what he actually says on his campaign website and things like that, what he stands for now. I think Trump Trump on the substance, Biden won the demeanor and the attitude portion, which I think is what carries more weight in a television debate. But like I said, uh, Joe Biden's non-answer on a key question from Chris Wallace, and the question was essentially that he, he begins by stating that many members of the Democratic Party today support ending the filibuster, especially if they lose this election, but regardless, they support ending the filibuster in the United States Senate and adding and packing justices into the Supreme Court to secure a Democratic majority, something that was attempted by FDR but was vehemently shot down by the American public and Congress as an institution because it is inherently unconstitutional and goes against 240-odd years of precedent. Uh, And I don't think that's something we want nor need to do, especially in a time as divisive as this. But Chris Wallace asked him, based on what his party says, is he going to support packing the Supreme Court or ending the filibuster? And immediately it was a dodge on the part of Joe Biden, which was really disheartening because I thought at the very least... Or at the very worst, Joe Biden would be another moderate Democratic president like Obama. That is certainly not ideal for the American people and our economy, and particularly our national security when it comes to Russia and China. But he's not going to implement radical left policies, like I said, the Green New Deal, or extreme tax hikes, the likes of which AOC would want to see go through Congress and ultimately end up on his desk. Um... I mean, I cannot get behind even moderate increases in personal income tax or even, like he said, hiking the uh, corporate tax to 28% from 21. I think that's just a horrible, horrible policy decision. I think that drives business away from the country. I think it hurts employers and therefore employees. I just think it's a terrible idea. I think it gives our economic competitors a great advantage over us like we had before the Trump presidency, and I'll give Trump credit again on his economic performance, specifically when it comes to uh, creating a more business-friendly environment. But I'm off track here. I could tolerate a Joe Biden presidency substantively, policy-wise, because I don't think it would be that extreme. But when he dodged that question on the Supreme Court and the filibuster, he showed that He's not a moderate. He's not the Joe Biden, at least that many policy wonks thought he was, and even many conservatives who are afraid of losing the election. He's not who they thought he was. And that's so disheartening because it makes this election so much more important. And as much as many people despise Donald Trump to his core, as much as many Republicans and conservatives despise Donald Trump to his core, we really only have one choice in this election from a conservative point of view. And that is, you know, do we give up Trump and all of the bad that comes with him? Sometimes he speaks his mind too much and says things he shouldn't say and particularly puts himself in situations he put, shouldn't put himself in that always end up as disasters. Do we give that up for a calm Joe Biden who will have gaffes here and there but nothing of true consequence. But with along with Joe Biden, terrible policy 
it's not going to be the end of the world. I'm not saying saying that. Uh, I'm not saying it's so extreme that the United States will cease to exist, though I suppose there is a greater possibility of that under Joe Biden than there is Donald Trump. But bad policy, raised taxes, a worse business environment, uh, a compromised national security. That's the choice we have to make, whether we would trade Trump for Biden simply for a change in attitude. I don't think we can afford to do that. And the mere suggestion, the mere dodging of that question, shows that Joe Biden is at least thinking about supporting those things or doesn't want to be on the record against those things. That's so terribly frightening. Those are institutions that have been protected by precedent and practice since the founding of our nation and our Congress and our Constitution. And there's a potential for those to be shredded, lost from the history books, lost from modern governance and politics. And at that point, we really do start to cease becoming the United States, or we start to cease being the United States. The filibuster, I think, is one of the greatest tools ever invented. It has its roots in ancient civilizations, or uh, I should say pre-Renaissance civilizations, to be a little bit more specific and accurate. And it protects the institution of the Senate. It is wholly, a wholly unique practice that we cannot afford to lose. And the Supreme Court, the one nonpartisan, and I think it truly is more nonpartisan than people give it credit for. Um, I think too often they legislate from the bench. Of course, you're never going to have a perfect institution. But the Supreme Court is almost as close as you're going to get. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, as much as I disagreed with her, as much as I despised her legal opinions and some of her her rulings, it was all coming from a legal perspective, an interpretation of the Constitution. It wasn't politically motivated. She had nothing to gain. No justices have anything to gain from their rulings on the Supreme Court unless they decide to leave the court and pursue a lobbying position or some sort of uh, lucrative deal like that. But that just simply does not happen because the people that are put on the Supreme Court understand that it is the opportunity of a lifetime and it is the responsibility of a lifetime to serve the American people and our government as effectively as possible to ensure a strong state of the union. And to see that completely washed away and politicized by increasing the number of justices on the bench is disgusting, it's terrifying, it's sickening. Because if we can do something like that to the Supreme Court, what's stopping us from going further? What's stopping us from decreasing vote requirements in the House of Representatives and the Senate and quorum? What's to stop us from holding the executive branch accountable for their actions? Or even the legislative branch? What's to stop us from devolving into a tyrannical 
uh, autocracy. Like, there really isn't much at that point when the filibuster and the Supreme Court are gone. And then you dig into how that could affect elections and how that could affect the regulation of elections. We may never see another Republican as president. We may never see an option for a Republican as president. And from there, down through the Senate and the House of Representatives, the same thing will happen. It's just terribly frightening. And then especially with the Supreme Court, uh, packing the court, adding more justices, that starts the issue of a back and forth that will never end. Because, again, if Republicans get into power after this court packing, they're going to add more justices and more justices and more justices, and it will never be a return to normalcy. It'll just be a constant back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, which is extremely unhealthy, especially in the polarized United States we live in today. As much of a polarizing figure as Donald Trump is, I mean, Joe Biden is almost equally as because his policy proposals will only divide us further as Americans. And I would argue, policy-wise, Trump has not done much to divide us as Americans. It is his rhetoric. You can make valid arguments there. But a Joe Biden presidency would be just as bad, if not worse, in terms of the policies he would implement. And it all circles back to that debate question that he failed to answer or decided not to answer. Because honestly, I wasn't thinking about this before the debate. I wasn't thinking about a radically or a, a, a radicalized liberal Joe Biden. I was thinking about a liberal leaning moderate Joe Biden who would look similar to an Obama presidency. Not that that is a good thing at all, once again, uh, but a moderate Joe Biden. And that lack of an answer showed me and I think showed plenty of people across the country that that's not what we're dealing with. Plenty of conservatives uh, that were teetering on the edge of voting for Joe Biden, I think no longer can afford to if they, if we want our ideology to survive another decade. This is a battle that we are fighting. We can't afford to give any concessions to the enemy. And I know what I'm saying right now is polarizing. And I am not saying you should treat people with the opposite ideology, with a liberal ideology. With disrespect, that's not what I'm saying at all. But in a civil way, we must defeat their ideas or their ideas will take over this country. And again, I know I'm sounding kind of draconian and pessimistic here. And again, it's not going to be the end of the world. We will all survive. But it just depends on how you want to live your life, how you want the government to interact with you, and how the government affects your life, how you want the government to affect your life, what, what you want the government to do for you. That's what this all comes down to. I didn't really focus on the debate there, um, and I kind of went off on a tangent, but I think it was, it was healthy. To circle back around to the debate, like I said, I think Biden handily won the optics part of the debate. But if you actually dig down into the substance, I think Biden made a lot of false claims about Trump. And I think Trump kind of did the same, 
not to the same extent whatsoever. Uh, but Trump won the substance part. Hands down, I believe. And especially in the first half or so of the debate, he was more focused and really nailed his, his points, his talking points. Chris Wallace getting a lot of grief. Again, what is he supposed to do? I mean, it was not a good performance from our moderator. It was not. He did not do a good job. But I, I will give him slack in the sense that I really don't know what else he could have done. He didn't have a kill switch for the mics. And he did basically all he could do. It's not like he could go up there and duct tape their mouths shut. Uh, so I would, I would ease off of the Chris Wallace slack. And I would, I would advise that to my more conservative friends. Uh, more so because they seem to be the ones giving him the most grief. But again, a quick summary of what I talked about. I just think that Joe Biden's non-answer on the issue of the Supreme Court and packing the court and ending the filibuster opened my eyes and I think truly opened the eyes of conservatives and even moderate Republicans that were leaning Biden to the reality of what a Biden presidency would mean for our institutions, our policies, and the structure of our government and politics. I think at this point we don't have a choice but to vote for Trump. And I've said before I'm going to vote I was going going to vote for Trump before this not because I'm in love with him but because I still think he would be a much greater president than Joe Biden. But that non-answer in the debate really makes the stakes of what we are up against very very clear. I'm going to leave it at that. I went on longer than I thought I would. I think I contradicted myself, not in the substance, but in the formatting a little bit. Uh, but that's okay. That's what this is for. It's for me to rant. It's for me to, for me to let my ideas out. I certainly appreciate you listening and joining me. It's a great time for me, as always. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you picked up something uh, that you didn't know before. Or maybe I swayed you to the light side. Uh, which is another uh, ultimate goal of this podcast. Thank you for listening to Ramblings of the Young, of the young Conservative. I'm Evan Hochstetler. Take care.